Welcome to the Speaking From Our Hearts podcast. In this edition, we'll be talking about many aspects of life, particularly health, relationships and wealth-related topics, all from a heart-centred approach. Your host, Paul Lowe, has a long and successful history of helping others through his coaching and mentoring, as well as his many charitable initiatives. He's been responsible for positively impacting thousands of people's lives, particularly young people from challenging backgrounds. Paul is the author of the books Mastering the Game of Life from Pain to Purpose and Speaking from Our Hearts. Welcome listeners to the Speaking From Our Hearts podcast episode where I'm joined today uh, by a lady called Nazrin Barbic, all the way from Virginia in the United States of America. So um, very warm welcome to you Nazrin. Thank you Paul, I'm glad to be here. And I believe today you're going to be talking to us about the pathway to lasting joy. Right, I would like to share my pathway to lasting joy and I hope that that would inspire others to find their inner joy. Okay, so over to you then, Nazrin. Tell us more. All right. My journey started uh, May 2013. I woke up one morning in a seemingly perfect life, feeling unhappy and miserable. Um, I was married for 10 years by then, had two wonderful boys, had a career as a software engineer in for 13 years and lived in a nice house and honestly had no financial worries, but yet I knew I was living a life. Deep inside, I did not have any joy. I was not happy in my marriage and I was not happy at my job. And I knew for a while that I wasn't connecting to my husband. I wasn't even really connected to my two wonderful boys. So I knew there's something is wrong. And although I felt like I have been doing everything that I was supposed to be doing, had a great career, good marriage, well, from outside, but, uh, but then nothing was deeply satisfying and bringing me joy. And making a long story short, a year after that, I find myself in the middle of divorce and looking for another job. I was just so unhappy and miserable. And this was my second marriage. And it was very hard because I had two young kids and I knew that I need to take it, take it my time to figure this out. So we officially separated, although we lived in the same house because it was big enough that we could have our own room and just, we had two young kids, we wanted to stay at home. And we were separated and living in the same house for a couple of years and uh, going through the separation and divorce. And then my pain took me to yoga. I knew I needed some relief and yoga was a great way for me to release my stress and anxiety, which it did. Um, And I fell in love with yoga. And I fell in love with it and I wanted to learn more. So I decided to go to the teacher training, to our 200 hours teacher training, just to learn, go deeper. And doing this so, I discovered meditation, which was another way for me to become aligned with what I really wanted and all those chatter in my head that it started from the moment I woke up in the morning and all the blames and looking outside. And you know, Paul, that's what we usually do. When we're unhappy, we look for outside to find happiness for the person who can make us, a ha- make us happy or a job that can make us happy or even a friend. And that's what I was doing for the longest time. And that's why I was miserable because happiness is an inside job and I was looking outside for it. Yeah. So meditation was a great outlet for me to get to know myself. What is it that I want? But I knew it's, I, I, I was becoming a more self-aware, but I needed more help. So a friend of mine suggested that I should try hire a life coach. And having said that, I was seeing a therapist for a year, but not really getting the, you know, release 
from anxiety that I needed. So I, need, I knew I needed to try something new. And working with life coach truly was the beginning of seeing things very clear. Mm -hmm. I realized that I had a pattern in my life. Um, as I mentioned, this was my second marriage. And one day when my husband said something that I really thought, you know, he must have talked to my ex. He said, you know, you, you tell me that I don't love you, but you have built these walls. You don't even let me get close to you. And, and I, something dawned on me. I'm like, okay, look at this. I mean, I've been to three relationships, two marriages, all end up in the same place. I felt unhappy, unloved, and wanted to leave. And the only common denominator was me. So what is going on? So I was determined to figure this out. And that was my engineering, engineering side. I'm like, okay, I need to put this puzzle <laughs> back together, figuring out what is going on here. So I asked my husband if we can put everything on hold, the separation and all that, which he agreed. And I started my journey and I went deeper and deeper. And then I hired a hypnotherapist and I did some inner child uh, work and healing. And that's when everything became very clear that based on conditioning of my mind, which nobody's fault. I grew up in a fa big family. I had nine other siblings. Therefore, I felt invisible, unloved, and in a way not worthy of attention. And that was where I grew up, the, the, the situation at home. And I had a lot of anger towards my dad because my dad, although he was now I know a fantastic dad, you know, he was a businessman, only one supporting the family of 10. And he, but he was not emotional. He never hugged us. He never said, I love you. But so I had a lot of anger towards him too, unknowingly. I knew always that I missed him. But when I saw him oh, after 10 minutes, I had this anger coming out. So I resolved all those through hypnotherapy and realization that, you know, my dad's childhood was not that great either. The way he loved us, only way he knew how to love me was to provide, send me to good school and make sure I have a good life. And that was his way. And then little by little, you know, doing the going deeper and deeper I, and realizing, okay, you know, I need to love me. I got this message that I'm not lovable. And then I was sabotaging myself to prove to myself unconsciously and keep getting myself to the same place over and over and over again. So, and I did after that a little bit of energy healing to just release the residue of, you know, all those years of holding on to anger, you know, and all that. And uh, to be honest, Paul, I got to the point that it wasn't a bad matter of forgiving my dad or my husband or anybody. It became to the point that I understood. We all have our own journey. We all yeah. have go through stuff. And our childhood, we all carry a bag, emotional baggage. And most of us unknowingly take it to our relationship, to our jobs. And we create the same pattern in our life. And until we realize that and heal that child within that is always within us, we're going to continue that pattern. So for me, when I realized I created my own life based on what I believed about myself, based on my conditioning, yeah. although it was sad that I did it to myself at first, but then my second thought was, oh, wow. It was very empowering. If I did that unknowingly, what could I create knowingly? Mm -hmm. And that's when the fun began. And I changed my relationship with my husband. We slept happily together. We got back together. And it was a lot of work. I have to say, all this took me three years. Yeah. And um, I found joy at my job. And although eventually my passion took me to... You know, going back to the school, becoming a life coach, and at the beginning, because I had a great career as a software engineer, it was all just I wanted to get deeper in. So I became a life coach, I became a hypnotherapist, and I became an energy healer, Reiki master. 
And then little by little, people came to me and wanted to know how did I change my life? How did I transform? Because it was just very obvious. I, I just had a lot of joy, happiness, and people could see that. And I started sharing it with them. And they wanted me to help them. And I started doing that part-time. And eventually, my passion took me to a place that I knew that I, I want help people to find that joy within. And I quit my full-time job. And I started doing what I love to do now which is helping others find the joy within um, full-time. And I wanted to, the reason that I wanted to do it all, because I went to three, four people, and, you know, my, again, my engineering mind said, it took me three years, what's the shortest way? So what I learned from all this great, uh, you know, coaching, hypnotherapy, energy healing, I put it together to create a rapid transformation program. Wow, where do I start with that? Where do I start? I mean, blimey, yeah. Um, I think a good starting point, Nazrin, is is to focus on the power of beliefs. As you say, um, and I can relate to a lot of what you've said there on a personal level because from an early age, we're given these beliefs, um, you know, whatever the motive is, well, that's that's a different story altogether. But we're given these beliefs, aren't we? We're, and interesting what you say about your father being the provider, but not the caring nurturer. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, there was certainly a generation that I was aware of, that I was brought up in, where it was unheard of and it was unthinkable. And I'm talking about the UK where a man would show his feelings. Right. Generally speaking, or even mm-hmm. if it was in a paternal way, just mm-hmm. didn't do it. He went to right. work, he provided, and he kept out of family affairs. Right. The matriarch, the mother, that was a different story. She ran right. the family. Right. And uh, she was one and she had 10 kids. So in my case, she had <laughs> no way of giving what any child needs. <laughs> attention of one-on-one yeah um so when you look at that situation um as you said you know having 10 kids in your context i mean mm-hmm. i don't know it's an interesting one i want to dig down on that if i may nazarin because Absolutely. my understanding and this is a generalization now not specific to your your mm-hmm. uh, situation but i want to go into your specific situation because mm-hmm. i think there's great insights here But as a generalization, my understanding is that a matriarch, a mother's love, call it what you will, we're not going to get Mm -hmm. bogged down on labels, knows no bounds. So whether she's got one child or 50 kids, Mm -hmm. that love is is just, it's there. Um, Am I being too philosophical and too naive with that? No, the love is there, but the reality is, you know, I have two kids now, and I, I see the difference that how I am showing up because of, I'm conscious of that and the quality of time that I can spend with and connecting one-on-one. Mm. My mom was so busy running around, and she was, remember, she was like we basically all the time pregnant, right? So she's pregnant. She has young kids. She has few others, like, and, you know, and we all like two years apart and and no way she could have give us that one-on-one quality time yeah. and then how many hugs could she give to so many mm. kids a day right or attention right so definitely i know now like the sacrifices she made the love she had for us but the reality was one adult could not give the nurturing that a child needs when she has so many of them and she still needs to cook, she still needs to do laundry, right? <laughs> mm. And there's a definite reason I asked that question um, to, mm-hmm. to get that answer out of you, um, Nazrin, because the message there, I suppose, for the listeners is, and you know, we carry this legacy of, um, was it Robbins that said, there's two things that we have as human beings, two inherent fears. One, we'll never be good enough. And... Mm-hmm. Two will never be loved. 
And I just right. use the latter in the case of asking you that question to, you know, for listeners to maybe understand that at times when they feel they weren't loved, actually they were. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, that was the journey that I took through hypnotherapy and then realization. And I came out of that experience with so much love and respect for my parents, yeah. you know, because I saw things different. And that is why it's so important to go back and literally change your understanding of the past. Because through, like, I would like to give an example. When I was doing the hypnotherapy, I clearly saw myself at, I must have been five or six year old. I was playing in our backyard and my dad was doing something in the yard. And I was running around and I fell down really bad. My knee was bleeding. I looked up, I saw my dad looking at me. I expect him to run, run to me, hug me, kiss me, say everything is okay. But he did not do that. Mm. He from far screamed like, okay, you fell down, now get up. And at that moment, I had this feeling that I was not worthy of his time to come to me. Yeah, I must not be lovable otherwise he will run to me so but now when i went back as an adult knowing what i knew about my dad i changed that scene in my mind i gave my inner child that understanding and through that everything changed for me and i think it is so important that we do that inner child healing and understand as logically i knew as an adult that okay my dad you know, because the way he grew up, that's the only way he knew to love. But he, you know, had so much love in other way. But your image, that five-year-old doesn't understand that, right? She thinks she's not lovable. She's not enough. So when we go back and change that understanding and loving that in a child, that's when things really start to change. Absolutely. And I understand that because within our makeup, we have, you know, um, as adults, we still have that child inside. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, and and for me, a part of the, um, I've got an ABC approach, Nazarin, and I'd be interested in your views on this because um, I believe it holds it holds good water. Uh, it certainly worked for me and a lot of people that I've worked with. But when, in fact, the very first podcast we did was way back um, in September two thousand and eighteen. And it was called Mastering Life is as Simple as ABC. And I'm just listening to you speak there, particularly focusing in on the beliefs. And for the ABC, so the first part of our healing process is awareness. Where are we at this moment in time? Because we don't know what we don't know. Absolutely. Um, so a starting point, and there's no, there has to be no judgment on it. There's no good, bad or indifferent. It's, it is what it is. And that is yeah. it. Mm -hmm. And so A is the awareness, B is the beliefs, because as we go through life, I understand that we, I call them plasters or labels. And Mm -hmm. so as we progress from childhood, it's like you probably collected one from your father there, um, a plaster that said, or a label, um, don't don't be childish. Well, you was a child and you was allowed to be childish. Mm-hmm. But that kind of, no, just get on with it. No, no fuss, right. no drama, just do it. Mm-hmm. And that's a label that says, I don't know, whatever it says, be resilient or, you know, whatever it meant to you at that moment in time. And this is subconsciously, I believe, what we collect over the years. And every time we have an interaction, you imagine how many times we have a, an insight in a day. I mean, there's thousands of them, you know, through our five senses or through our emotions, whatever it is, all these things are going on around us. And it's like either consciously or subconsciously, we're collecting another label. Right. And I believe as we as we progress through life, we've got that many labels on us. We, we can't breathe. We, we just we've lost our identity because we don't know who we are because mm-hmm. we've got one label that says happy. We've got one that says sad. We've got one that says miserable. There's one that says this. There's one that says that. It's like, hang on. Who am I? What am I? I don't right. know. I'm confused. I'm hurt. I'm in pain. And so the C is the creativity. And the creativity for me, Nazarene, is how do we best take those labels off? Right. And that's going to be different for all of us. Now, 
hearing you speak there, I believe you found your creativity through your your hypnotherapy, through your through your coaching, through your journey. It's a it's a voyage of discovery, isn't it? Absolutely. And Paul, I would like to say, first come awareness, as you said, but now the way I see thing is like knowing that I am not those beliefs. I am not my thoughts, and I don't necessarily need to act accordingly. I became an observer of my thoughts yeah. and my feeling. And knowing what I know, I do not believe him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I really like observe him and see how he feels. And you know, I sometimes I choose to acknowledge them but not act on him. Mm-hmm. Right? So I think part of that is knowing that you've been conditioned, but it doesn't matter. You are not your thoughts. You are not even your feeling because most of the time those feelings are based on something that is not even the truth of it. Absolutely. The fact that you don't feel enough is not a truth. It's Mm -hmm. a lie Mm -hmm. that you bought into. The fact that you're not worthy is a lie. You just bought into it. But the moment that, that you know that, that the awareness come in, then you can make a different decision. The point being, we all have a choice in life. We can believe those limited beliefs and want to be a victim. And sometimes there is some people who get hooked to that. Or we can choose a more empowering thought. And I, I know it's a journey. But I think the moment that I see it with my clients now, the moment that light goes on, that they, they awaken to their inner power. There is no way they can go back to sleep. They might doze off now and then, yeah. but they will get up again very yeah. fast. And that's, that's my passion to get people to see their greatness. They see that they bought into so many lies and they became disempowered because of it. But they have this greatness within them. That is the, all they need to do, go within. Yeah. And when people say, you know, I need fixing, I'm like, no, nobody needs fixing. Mm-hmm. You are perfect the way you are. Yeah. You just don't know it. You forgot, you bought into the lies that you believe you need fixing or you're, all you have to do is remember. Remember who you truly are. Yeah. When I hear that statement, Nazarene, I need fixing my replies. Well, what are you, a washing machine? (laughs) It's like, but, you know, it is, as you say, it's become a common belief. Right. And, um, you know, these, 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 you you referred to it at the top of the conversation about these externals. I call them silver trinkets because Mm -hmm. they're all shining and this and that. Get a new relationship, get a new job, get a new car, get a new house, get this, get that. It's like, no, don't get any of it. Let it all go. Let it go and look inside. And that's that's all we need, isn't it? Absolutely, absolutely. And you know, that's a vicious circle that we are on, right? And that's why happiness is such an elusive thing. Because look, when I think back myself, I was thinking, okay, I got to get this degree, then I'd be happy. Okay, maybe for a week, I was happy. Right away, my goal changed. I have to get that job to be happy. I got the job. No, I have to get married to be happy. Then you get married. No, I have to have that house to be happy. It's an ongoing thing. And that's why we don't feel the joy and happiness within. Because all we're seeking is something that is outside of us. And happiness only comes from within. I had to smile then, Nazrin, when you said about getting the degree. I was on the academic um, treadmill for nearly 11 years mm-hmm. and ended up with a, a first degree, a master's degree, and I started my doctorate. And it's interesting, I passed the first year of my doctorate and I thought, what are you doing? What are you doing? Yeah. And I realised it's exactly what you said. I was looking out, so oh, look at me, I've got a nice... I've got a big piece of paper, look. It mm-hmm. was stroking my ego. Right. But that was masquerading the insecurity and the vulnerability that I had inside that I hadn't dealt with. So I was Absolutely. looking for these things outside. And, you know, it's Absolutely. even like if I had a girlfriend at the time, I had to have a certain type of girlfriend, somebody that really looked 
the part. Mm -hmm. What she was actually like didn't really matter because she looked great. And that was just stroking the ego. So it was another silver trinket. But an interesting one with the, 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 the degree that you spoke about. I just kind of woke up one day, Nazrin, and thought, I can't do it anymore. I'm living a lie. Mm -hmm. What am I yeah. doing? And so I went in and um, we, we had a conversation with the dean, uh, the, uh, one of the professors at the university, at the business school there. And he said, now, I'll never forget. And it, it still makes me smile. He said, you've passed, but it's academic tosh. And they were his exact words, which was basically, I suppose he was saying it was rubbish, but I passed. And I said, but it doesn't matter anymore because I'm not staying. And he said, what do you mean you're not staying? You do not walk out on us. We've never had anybody walk out on us. Well, here's your first because I'm off because it means nothing to me. And that's having spent, Nazarene, you know, over 10 years of my, over a decade of my life dedicated to learning academia. But it was just, it wasn't for the sake of learning because somebody said to me a couple of years later, well, what have you actually learned, Paul? And it's like, nothing, nothing. So I, I just had a, a sort of, sorry for kind of going off at a bit of a, a tangent there, but I just, yeah, I had a bit of a smile when you when you spoke about the academic side, because I think that's important. I'm not dismissing academia. I think it's it's great that particular, you know, people do go to and, and extend their knowledge. But for me, always, the big question is, why are you doing that? Why? Absolutely. Yeah, Paul, I truly understand because that's exactly what I was doing. I had a bachelor in computer science, master in information technology management, and I was looking to do my PhD, although I was not even enjoying that, mm. uh, you know, anymore. But I think we do that because we want to keep ourselves busy so we don't have a chance to think, to, yeah. to feel our unhappiness and be miserable. And... You know, I and I also, you know, I see that all the time. People say they're type A and they're proud of it. But I think that comes from being very insecure. Yeah. You don't even give yourself a chance to breathe, to take mm -hmm. a moment, to feel, to see who you are. Are you happy? Are you not? You're constantly chasing something. So you don't even give yourself a chance to feel that unhappiness, you know? And that's what I was doing, you know. So, and I, I think unconsciously we all do it. Absolutely, we do. And I think um, what's interesting for me, Nazarene, at the moment, I don't know if you're finding this, but increasingly the number of people I'm talking to generally, and certainly through the podcast. I mean, the great thing about a podcast such as this is um, you get to talk to people from all over the place with different backgrounds, different texts. I mean, it's, it's absolutely a privilege to be having these kind of conversations because the growth that goes off for, you know, the guests, myself, the listeners is immense because you've got so much rich experience coming into it that you never know actually what your next podcast conversation is going to be about. And, you know, you're stretched all over the place, which is great. But, you know, kind of what I try and do uh, within my approach to things, Nazarene, in my own life and in my work is I think life is a very, very, very simple game. I think it's a game. I think we need to learn the rules and the rules are very simple. And I think for me, and I may be oversimplifying it, but when we look at the, um, the three levels of Dharma, our purpose, seek your higher self find your unique talent, and then give it away. Right. That, you know, that is simple. Um, mm -hmm. Because oh, it's all right for you, Paul, you know, you this and you that and you the other. Well, why is it all right for me? What What is different about my situation? What's different about your situation? Yes, you might have two, three, four, five kids. You might have a mortgage. You might have this, whatever. We've all got different dynamics. The challenges never go away, but how we angle them, changes and that's the difference isn't it absolutely and again goes back to that awareness right being conscious and and i think that's how i felt that i was sleepwalking through my life and i think a lot of people are still doing that and they let things happen to them rather than creating their own life you know i used to hear that it's all illusion and i couldn't get it but i do now understand it 
and I had that experience. I remember when I was going through the divorce and I was talking to my husband and I had that moment of, oh, wow, either he is crazy or I am crazy because he's totally seeing things different from the way I see it. He has a hundred percent different reality. But now I know he wasn't crazy or neither was I. We just all do the same thing. We create our own experiences based on what we believe about ourselves or our universe in general. Do we think we live in a hostile universe or a universe who has our back? Now I believe universe is very friendly and has my back you know all i need to do become clear at who i am what i want and they know that i do create my own illusion my experience of life and if i'm happy i need to create a better reality is knowing that what i going back again what is it that i believe how do i disempower myself you know and now what from what i learned when i get to the situation that i feel unease or I ask myself, what is it within me that is creating this? Because I know it's just, is me. Yeah. If I, I would not even be able to see things if I don't believe it. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like if I don't believe that I'm not enough, I would never experience that. If I don't believe that I'm not worthy, I would not experience that. So that is exactly why like when you go to a place with, you know, different people, you come out all with different experiences. Mm. Same venue, same things are happening. Some people think it was a great event. And that's again, like all this made me think once when I was still working as a software engineer and we had a meeting, uh, I live in Northern Virginia and um, I work for George Washington University and we had a campus in Virginia and the main campus is in DC and they were bossing us to DC for a, a you know the a conference that we had to attend and I was so, uh, talking with the older gentleman who worked in another department and great guy we went to the same event he was a different he was sitting on a different table on the way back he came by and I, I had a great experience I thought it was a great conference empowering he had the exact opposite feeling. Why? He was focused on the fact that coffee wasn't hot enough. That person next to me said something. Like, so we had totally, same place, same thing were happening, totally different experience. Why? I created a different one. Yeah. Because of my past experiences, because of my perception of those, you yeah. know? It's amazing. That's why it's like when you say it's all illusion, I totally believe that. I get it. You know, we all have our own reality. We do. And I think so long as we're sharing that um, illusion, if that's the label people want to use with a common language, then that's fine because we're singing from the same she. And I just made a note as you were speaking there, Nazrin. Um, you meant you 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 coined a phrase there, and I love it. My my heart lights up every time. The universe has your back. Our our friend Gabby Bernstein. I just love her approach to work. And but just sort of on the beliefs, I want to challenge you again, if I can. Mm-hmm. Um, we're led to believe. Well, there's there's two schools of thought, isn't there? About do we see to believe something, which is usually where we go from early stages. We've got to see it first. Mm-hmm. Is it practical? My feet are on the ground. I need to see that that works. Then I'll mm-hmm. believe it. And then I think as we go down a more faith, um, faith-focused path, that mm-hmm. actually flips. And we then believe to see. And I suppose some people would call that the law of attraction. Mm-hmm. For me... They're both based on beliefs and beliefs mm-hmm. are both false. So it doesn't matter to me whether you believe to see or see to believe. I think the understanding that, that I take from it, Nazarene, is they are beliefs. If it serves me now, as it may do, that's fine. But I give myself the right, my higher self gives myself the right to say, OK, Paul, yesterday you had that belief. You might have had a belief that tomorrow it's going to rain. And look at it, it's 35 degrees so where did that belief come from and where's it gone? And these beliefs come and go, don't they? 
And I think so long as we, you know, I think it's fine to have these beliefs, these stepping stones. Mm-hmm. But our higher self, I believe, has to have that flexibility to dance with the energy and say, okay, maybe that belief was not quite meant to be. Right. Does that I make sense? Examining, absolutely. Examining our beliefs. Is it powering us or is this time empowering us? Mm. And no, it's just a belief, as you said, we can change it. Yeah. You know, and where is that belief coming from? Is it we truly believe it's true or is we being conditioned to believe it? But I do believe that we see what we believe. What I, I do believe we cannot even see things the way they are if our limited belief. Basically, our belief creates our perception, right? Yeah. And if our, we are in a mindset of disempowering ourselves, we can never see ourselves in the powering phase. In yes, a sense. I agree. Yeah. You know, and I had, I have to, you said that, share this short story that happened recently. And, and I think it goes with the power of belief that you see. Um, uh, I was visiting my friend in uh, Chicago and my two boys were with me too. My boys were sleeping in a basement and one was sleeping on the floor, the other one on a couch. It was an L-shaped couch. And early in the morning, and as I do every morning, I woke up to do my meditation. So I was upstairs. I went downstairs because I didn't want to wake anybody else up. And I said, okay, I'm going to sit on the side of the couch. I saw my one is sleeping on the floor and the other one on the couch. I'm going to sit here and do my meditation. So I did that. And by that time, sun was shining a little bit. And I said, okay, everybody's still asleep. I had my book. I'm like, I'm going to just sit here and read. As I was doing that, I noticed my older son, who was 14, got up. First, he looked at his brother to see if he's asleep. He literally looked at me and didn't see me, like looked through me, looked at his brother, saw he was asleep, and he went back to sleep. I'm like, okay, he's sleeping. He didn't see me. 15 minutes later, he got up, went to see his cell phone to see what time it is. Again, looked past me, looked at his brother to make sure he's asleep still asleep because they have a competition. Whoever gets up first gets to play a video game, whatever. And then he again went back to sleep. And I was amazed that the fact that he didn't expect to see me there, he couldn't see me. And later on, when I told him, he could not believe me. I said, you know, you got up, you went and looked at your phone. He's like, no, my impossible. How can you be sitting there and I don't see you? <laughs> I'm like, because you didn't expect me there. You didn't believe me to be there. Mm. Therefore, you didn't see me there. Like, honestly, I don't think any other explanation I could give him, you know? Yeah. So in that sense, I think our beliefs are just very, very amazingly strong, you know? It's almost like there's three levels then, isn't there, Nazarin? There's the kind of level where, um, as I say, we need to see to believe, that sort of real basic concrete level where, oh, I need to see that pen before mm-hmm. I believe that pen is, oh, I can see, yeah, that pen is green. Mm-hmm. Um, so if I said to you, Nazarin, I've got a green pen in my hand, you can't see it. Um, but would you have the faith to believe that I've got a green pen? But now I show you a green pen. Yeah, I see it. Now I believe it. So I think that's our kind of our foundation level. Then if we go up, we flip that on its head and that belief. Yeah, Paul's told me he's got a a green. So I don't know. I can't see it, but I believe him. Paul, show me that green pen. Right. Okay. My faith has been has been good because he was he was telling me the truth. But I think there's a level above that as well, Nazarene, which is what I've tried to sort of refer to there where, okay, I understand the first level. I understand the second level. But both of them, actually, there's a level beyond because they're temporary. Does that make sense? Are you talking about... You get to the point that there is a knowing rather yeah. than, right? Yeah. Like, uh, yeah, I 
and, and that's a beautiful place to be, right? Yeah. Because you don't need every, any evidence. And somebody once asked me, how do you know this? It was, we were talking about it. I, I said, I don't know it. I mean, I, 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 how do you know that? Did somebody tell you? I said, no, it's just the knowing. Yeah. You know, and is I haven't seen, like, in my experience, I have seen evidence because I had that knowing, maybe. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But it's hard to explain. Yes. And that's the great place to be mm-hmm. because you don't question anymore, right? You don't need to see to believe. Mm-hmm. And there is that knowing within you that is so aligned with who you are yeah. and that it feels so good that you know it is true. Yeah. And I think I tell I think that's one way of knowing. Do you live your life true to yourself? Is there a joy? That's why like I love that because you cannot fake it, right? Like then deep joy within. If you're aligned with who you are, it doesn't matter what situation you have in your, your life, what's going on around you. But if you do have that alignment, that joy is still there. We go through tough time, but we still connected to that joy, knowing that this shall pass, right? Yeah. That faith, that knowing, and that's the good place to be. It is a good place to be. I want to ask you another um, another question, if I can, Nazrin, about this this fascinating well, through this fascinating conversation. Um, is it oversimplifying things to say that as choices, as spiritual beings, dare I say, living with, through human challenges, mm-hmm. is it oversimplifying it to say that the choice, the big, big, big choice we have more than anything is to choose love over fear? Is that oversimplifying things? No. You know, I think we make things difficult. Everything is simple, but we have learned to make things more difficult for ourselves. It could be as simple as that. Choose what feels good, bring joy to you, because that's what love is, you know? The higher power, higher energy that I believe is is love. That's what connects us together. That's what makes great things happen, right? And fear is absence of that love. If you feel fear, know that you're not in touch with your love, with your essence, which mm-hmm. is love, right? Which we all are. And it doesn't have to be that hard. As you say, it's not simplifying it. I think that's what it is, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And knowing that, I think we have all the freedom we are the one who choose our path in a way we want it. We have that freedom. And we go to our path by making these choices. If we choose to connect to our higher self, to that love, and knowing that at the end, there is one huge consciousness, one, we all connected. What I do to myself, I do to others. When I he- and I've seen this, when I healed myself, and that was the fascinating thing, that in my relationship, I was doing all the work, but as I was healing myself, I could see my husband is healing, right? We all have our own emotional yeah. package, but my healing, my energy was helping him to yeah. become, to be in a better place. And knowing that, how we are connected, the whole universe, we not only as human species, all the species, how we affect each other, how we connected, then we need to be aware of loving ourselves is a huge part of that. Yeah. I cannot, I'm going to go as far as saying, if I t- truly don't love myself, I cannot give that anybody unconditional love. If I condition, if I love myself conditionally, I love myself when I lose the weight, when I get that, what I do that to all my relationship. What I know when I took time and when people say, isn't that selfish? No, self love, the more you love yourself, the more you spend time getting to know yourself and cherish yourself, the more love you have to give. And 
I wanted, I truly believe people who have a hard time loving themselves have a hard time loving others. You cannot, if you're judging others, it means you're judging yourself. So at the end, it all goes back within, right? Getting to know yourself, loving yourself, you know, accepting yourself as who you are, the way you are, and not judging yourself is, is the key to not judge others and open your heart to others. Absolutely, absolutely. I want to ask you um, another question, Nazrin, if I may, um, because what you've just said there is, you know, people often say to me, Paul, why did you form speaking from our hearts? Mm-hmm. I'm listening to you speak there, Nazrin, kind of reinforced. I mean, I, I, I know absolutely why I formed it, but what, the more I listen to people speak, I'm kind of thinking, what she's really saying there is she's speaking from the heart. So I want to ask you that question if I can and say, Nazarene, what does speaking from your heart mean mm-hmm. to you? What is that like in your world? It means to be authentic and be truly who I am and live my passion through the speaking, right? Like we learn, that is the power of sharing the stories. We all have our journeys and I respect everybody's journey to the point that I do talk to people and I feel like they still need to go through that tough time before they're ready to hear. And then, right, not judging, knowing that it's okay where you are. You're meant to be there. There is a lesson to be learned. And I think we keep going through these patterns until we learn that lesson. And that's the beauty of life. And it's not that we have so many chances. It's never too late. It's never too late. And it is fantastic where we are. Things happen for a reason for for us to grow. We meet people for a reason. I remember when I had this realization that, wow, two years ago, I thought my husband was the cause of our pain, but now I know he helped me to awaken. What a cherish, I cherish him for that, right? What a perspective, right? Seeing him as a person who caused me pain to the person who literally liberated me. So it's important how we see things in the sense that how you see the, choose to see things define you. We can look at things and all the benefits and everything in our life if we look at it and focus on the goodness. And that's when gratitude comes. And I think that was the beginning of changing my relationship with my husband. I had this practice. Every morning I would write five things and I was in the middle of divorce that I appreciate about him. And I still had the anger, but, you know, I start focusing on, okay, he's a great dad. He's a big, what? That practice helped me to see all the other things that I did not see. Not only that, in a day I was paying attention what I can write the next day. And then unconsciously, I became, you know, aware of all those things that I missed before. And I would thank him for that. And one day he said, wow, you never appreciated me. And, you know, came my own realization, right, that I truly never appreciated him. But he has so much to offer. And that's how our energy started changing. So going back, being truly who you are, first appreciate who you are, like get in touch with all your greatness. And that's the practice I encourage everybody to do in the morning. I encourage people to write three things at least, three to five things. First, they love about themselves and appreciate about themselves. Do the same thing for their partners or as a person who they wish to have a better relationship with. And three to five, think about the current career, job, whatever they do. And that's another way I started to change my feeling about the job that I had and eventually fall back in love with what I was doing. And that's the power of gratitude. Wow. Wow. So, Nazarene, mm-hmm. 
pathway to lasting joy. How can people um, find out more about you? How can they um, contact you if they want to, to dig a bit deeper? Have you, what contact details um, can you give us? If they go to pathwaytolastingjoy.com, all my information is there. And um, I think that's all they need to do. I think they will read a little bit about, about my background. Um, I have a free consultation if anybody would like to chat. I would love to chat. And, um, you know, I, all I want to say is the answer is within us. It would be great to have someone to guide you, but and you can do it yourself. It will take you a little bit longer, yeah. but it's, all the answer is within you. We don't need a guru or somebody to tell us how to live our life. If you just go within, highly recommend yoga meditation. That helps you to get in touch with that. But of course, I still have my own coach because I think it's great to have someone to give you a different perspective here yeah. and there. Because we tend to have this tunnel vision and we can't see the whole picture. But and it definitely helps to, you know, make things happen faster. But again, I want everybody to encourage everybody to do their own practices. I mean, I can't say emphasize enough how important it is being meditation and yoga in my life. And I, more than anything, I will encourage people to start there. Absolutely. Definitely. Nazarene, it's been an absolute joy. Thank you very much indeed for, oh. for being on the uh, Speaking From Our Hearts podcast um, show. Thank Immense you, gratitude. Thank you. Um, thank you. I truly appreciate this time with my time with you and sharing my story. Thank you. So uh, there you have it, listeners, the, um, the wonderful Nazarene Berwick. And um, until the next time... Um, what shall we what shall we say to the listeners? Well, I mean, what's the one sort of what's the one sign off that you want to give Nazarin to the listeners? The one word, the one quote, the one saying. So over to pay you. Pay attention. Pay attention to what gives you joy and do more of it. Keep up with the gratitude. Have a practice of gratitude and be well. Beautiful. And at that point, we sign off. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Paul. Hearts helping everyone achieve results towards success.